Okay. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. With the 38 seconds we got left. <coughs> right. Okay. Fantastic. Well, my name's Alid. I'm one of the members here at King's and part of the leadership team. And it's absolutely fabulous. My privilege for the next 25, 20 minutes or so to uh, kind of bring some wisdom from the Bible to help you uh, with some things. Um, happy Mother's Day. Uh, just hearing this, just an amazing job that you're doing. Well done. Uh, I remember kind of growing up and even now being married to Lou. It's almost as though they have superpowers. They seem to know everything and to be able to do everything simultaneously, um, which is just amazes me. Like cooking, for example, Lou can be uh, cooking. She could be changing a nappy with one hand, painting in the other, uh, have a phone call on loudspeaker, uh, and it doesn't phase her. With me, uh, I'm, the whole world ends. It stops while I'm cooking, all right? Kids are banned from the kitchen. Uh, you know, Lou's trying to have a conversation. I'm getting angry. Lou, please, can you not see? I'm busy. I'm trying to fry an egg in here. Uh, it's, it's just like completely two different worlds. Uh, but it is absolutely amazing what you're doing. It's absolutely fantastic. I have a, a daddy-daughter day every Friday where I look after my two girls. To be honest, I just think it's a great day where everyone has survived by the end of the day. I don't know if you can kind of relate to that. But it's absolutely fantastic. So uh, today, I just want to quickly talk about busyness. Because whether you're a full-time kind of parent at home, whether you're a mum or a dad, because lots of guys do that too, uh, whether you're in full-time work, whether you've got responsibilities for large businesses, or whether you're self-employed, whatever situation or stage of life you're in, busyness is an issue for all of us. All of us are busy. We, we lead busy and demanding lives, don't we? It seems like we go from one place to another and we have different hats, different responsibilities, different things that we do, and all of us can say that. If I was in a meeting just a couple of weeks ago where almost without exception every person in the room said, I'm either busy or tired in some way. We are all busy, we're all tired. And what I want to do this morning, I want to give you the Bible's top 10 tips on how to keep your peace within the busyness of life. All right? So it's going to be a bit of a whistle-stop tour. We're just going to spend one or two minutes on each. So if you just put the title slide up, that's what we're going to be doing today. The Bible's top ten tips on keeping your peace within the busyness of life. And I'm literally just going to spend a couple of minutes on each one. All right? And I'm going to put, pin the words up just so you can see them and kind of illustrate some of these things as we go through. Is that all right? Okay, fantastic. So the first one. Let's see if I can work out how to use these things. That was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. All right, okay. First one here. Truth. Truth. I told Lou, because it was Mother's Day, she wasn't put the washing out. I'm not sure if this is what she had in mind. Okay, so truth. I found out that if we're not careful, if you're not careful, my understanding of God and the situations I am in in life can be more affected by my feelings and my past experiences than the Word of God. All right? So in reality, this is what it, so left to my own devices, when things aren't going my way, when the stresses of life are getting too much, I can quickly fall into the trap of believing lies that either I don't have any value, no one cares about me, uh, when is this season ever going to end? Those kind of things. And one of the Bible's top tips for life in, in keeping the peace within the busyness is actually to read the Word of God and know the truth for yourself. You need to know the truth. Okay, in order to regain your perspective on who God is and what life is like in the here and now, we need to give space for the truth. We need to give space for the words of God. Okay, we need to allow that truth to come in and realign our thinking. Psalm 1, the very first psalm uh, in the Bible in Psalms, it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but what? 
But his delight is in the law of the Lord. So he's talking about the word of God. It's in the law of the Lord. And on his law, law he meditates day and night. That's not, that doesn't mean that three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, you're still reading the Bible, crumbs, I can't go to sleep. I've got to. What it means is that you have this right here in your heart. It talks in the Bible about having the belt of truth around your waist. Whatever situation you are, wherever you are, Whatever situation you're in, you know the truth of God to put you in good stead in those situations. Okay, so that's the first one. Know the truth. Okay, this is what Warren Wearsby says. He says, the remedy for discouragement is the word of God. When you feed your heart and mind with its truth, you regain your perspective and find renewed strength. So let me quickly ask you the question, truth, when do you have time? When do you give yourself time to know the truth, to digest the word of God and to have it dwell inside of you. So that's the first one, know the truth. The second one is this. The second one is to pray. So this is the second top tip in the Bible. Actually, if you want to keep your peace in the busyness of life, you need to give yourself opportunity to have time with God, to talk to him and to express how you feel to him and ask him things. Okay? Francis Fenelon says this, Time spent in prayer is never wasted. I hear that. Time spent in prayer is never wasted. And it's easy to think when life gets busy, the busy get going. Actually, the Bible doesn't teach that. It says when life gets busy, you need to take time to stop, to take stock and to pray and invest time in your relationship with God. That's what we need to do. That's the biblical kingdom behavior that we need to take on. And I find that a prayer for me does a few things. The first thing it does actually is that it helps me identify what's going on and how I'm feeling about things. Just while I start opening my mouth and I start talking to God, actually, I find I have a better understanding in my heart of what is going on. The second thing I find, actually, it gives me an opportunity to share with God, and God is a very good listener. It says in the Bible that God cares for us. And actually, he loves it, even though he already knows what's going on in your life. He loves it when you just share things with him and talk with him. Okay, so that's really important. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. To give the opportunity to be able to spend time with him in prayer is really important. And the last thing for me, that I just it's so helpful to pray to God, knowing that actually God has the ability to change things. Yeah, God has the ability to change things. Situations, different uh, areas of life and different things that we walk into, whether it's of our fault or someone else's or whether it's just the way it is, actually God has the ability to be able to change and work situations around for our goods. And I just want to think, just for a minute, think about Jesus, the guy who actually was probably one of the busiest guys of all time had actually the biggest responsibility of anyone who ever lived, came to do the biggest, most important job of anyone, he invested time in praying. He invested time in spending time with God. So let me ask you, do you give time to talk and listen to God? And that doesn't have to be at a set time in the morning. You know, throughout the day, do you give time to listen to God and to express how you feel to him? So that's the second thing. Are you with me? Good. Okay, third one. Third thing that the Bible talks about is dependency on the Holy Spirit. Dependency on the Holy Spirit. 
And I said last week, if you're here in the evening, you know, the spirit-filled life, this is what Tozer says, the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe version of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. Okay, so whether you're a mum, whatever situation you're in, if you want to keep peace in the busyness of life, we are totally, we have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. We've got to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. We've got to be relying on the Holy Spirit to help us and equip us. Just like Andrea just said, God, I need you in this moment right now. We need a dependency of the Holy Spirit to help us in our situations. And when it comes to keeping peace in the business of life, we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. It says this in Philippians 4.7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's so good to know that despite the circumstance, you can receive peace. Do you notice that? It it doesn't necessarily mean that your situations change. It doesn't mean actually that you're you're no longer in a pickle like you were before, but actually within those situations, God is able to give you a peace, which even defies logic, is what it's saying. Surpasses understanding. Everyone else might say, how is it that you can keep your cool in such circumstances? You say, it's because I've got the Holy Spirit that renews and restores peace in my soul. Colossians 3.15 tells us that let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Okay, so we've got to have a reliance on the Holy Spirit. And do you know what? It's not just what I become when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. It's also what I become when I'm not. Can I say that? When I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, when I don't prioritize the Holy Spirit in my life, I'm forever trying to do things in my own strength, in my own effort. And I tell you, at the end of the line, it never results in peace. Can I tell you that? It it results in striving. It results in me just thinking, what are people going to think about me? Because it's all in my effort and my ability. And that's not a good place to be. So let me just ask you, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being aware and reliant on the Holy Spirit is a key ingredient to maintaining your peace in your heart. Do you have opportunities in your day, in your week, to say, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me and help me with today? It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. The Holy Spirit has the ability. He has all knowledge. He has all power to be able to come and support you and help you in your situation. Do you have time to do that? Do you actually ask God? Do you actively ask for him to do it? He's not going to push himself on you. You need to say, Jesus, I'm so desperate for you in this situation. Is that a part of your life? So that's the third thing. Okay, fourth thing is this. And I've been talking about this quite a lot at 6 o'clock church, but I know we do it as a church. It's it's this whole area of living connected. Living connected. And I found it so interesting that in Andrea's last point of 50, uh, it was... (laughs) Sorry, I'm joking. She was saying, actually, you've got to be able to ask for help. Don't be too proud to actually say, I actually need help. You know, we talk a lot in the church about adoption this way. God's our father and we're our son, we're a daughter, we're adopted to him. Do you know, we're also adopted this way. Actually, you're my brothers and sisters. We're actually family together. It's part of God's plan is that we're part of family together. And, you know, I've got genuine friends, even this week, genuine friends that would love me enough to gather me and just say, Ali, do you know about this area of your life? Or have you, you know, have you just encouraging me? All right, just saying, you know, I think you do that so, so well. I have genuine people who love me enough to be honest with me and to tell me about the blind spots in my life. Do you have that? Have you actually invited someone in your life to be able to say, actually, I think some of the reason that you're being robbed of peace is because you're making wrong choices here and here. 
Okay, I think it's just biblical stuff. You just, we're, we're built, we're, we're made to be part of a community. Right? Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. 1 Corinthians, now you are a body of Christ, and each one of you individually are members of it. We're together in this. Do you know that? We're in this, doing all the stuff that we're doing in church life, but we're doing it together. And we need to have the, the ability to be able to just be honest with one another and encourage one another. Now, in a context of this size, sometimes it's difficult to do that unless you have the one or the two people around you that know you really well. To be totally honest with you, I don't know many of the things that are going on in your lives. But let me encourage you, find the one or two people that do. Give, give, give them the opportunity to speak into your life and to give you the encouragement that you need to live a life for God. God loves community. And you know what? It's always been his intention, and for all eternity, we'll be doing it together. Us, to the person on the left and right of you, we'll be doing community together. So who knows what's going on in your life? Have you invited them to speak into it? Okay, number five. Number five is this one. It is prioritize. Prioritize. Don't laugh. Okay, now these next two are actually just really practical points, okay? But I think they're still biblical values that are really going to be helpful for us, okay? The first one is this, to prioritise. And we need to make sure that we prioritise and give space to what is important. Now let me explain it this way. I, I find that there's a balancing act in life of all the things that are urgent and lots of things that are important. And sometimes they overlap, but often I find this, because I'm, I'm sometimes a bit ill-disciplined, I can go from one thing to the next to the next, being reactive and fighting all the urgent things in life. And before I know it, I look back at the really important stuff, and they just don't come into my diary. Like some of these things that we've already just been talking about. Actually, often they're not the urgent things. Actually, the deadline at work is the urgent thing, or I've got issues with my family at home. And all of those things, if we're not careful, if we don't prioritise, we end up doing all of the urgent stuff and we miss out on some of the most essential, important stuff that God has equipped us and called us to do. Jesus was a great example of prioritising his time. When everyone was wanting time with him, everyone putting a call on his life, please will you come and heal this person? Will you come into our town and preach and tell us the good news? And Jesus, so many times, what do we read? Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 9, 18. One day Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. Luke 6, 12. One of those days Jesus went out on a mountainside to pray. Listen, Jesus had demands on his life. There were urgent stuff, left, right and centre, but he knew what was important and he prioritised his time in order to make sure that peace was there. And I'm not saying that in life there aren't lots of urgent stuff. There are. There's lots of important stuff. There are. But we need to make sure we prioritise these things. Otherwise, realistically, they just probably won't happen. Is there a place in your life? Is there a place in your diary for God? Have you diarised God or family out of your diary altogether just because work has become more important or something else, your hobby has become more important? This isn't the Bible, like, you'll have no other gods before me. For some of us, actually, if you just look at your diary, you say, actually, I think I've probably placed that as a higher importance in my life than God. It's an opportunity for you to change that. This isn't the Bible about loving your wife as Jesus loves the church. Gave himself up for her. 
when you look at your diary, actually, are you demonstrating that actually I'm, I'm giving myself over to my wife? Or actually, am I so busy with work and all these other things, I just don't give her the time of day? Priorities. And you know, there's seasons of life as well. I find for me and Lou at the moment, our season of life with having two young girls is very different to four years ago. You know, we know we're no longer able to do some of the things that we used to do. And do you know what? That's fine. And there'll be a time in the future where we'll be in a different season where actually we can invest more time doing other things because we haven't got the responsibilities that we've got now. And that's fine. But I think within the season of life you are, just make sure you prioritise. Be reasonable. Just say, look, I, I, can't, I can't get up every morning for half an hour like I used to. My kids wake me up at five. I'm not going to get up at half four. But where else in the time of the day, where else am I going to invest things into these important areas of my life? Make sure you prioritize, okay? You still with me? Okay, number six. So this is another one, slightly practical one, uh, which is... uh, Let me just put that in there. I feel like some kind of radical feminist. (laughs) Say no. This is another practical one. Now listen, you can say no. You can say no. You have permission to say no. Don't fall into the trap of trying to please everyone by doing everything. You have the responsibility of being able to prioritise, but have the ability to say, actually, in the season I'm going through, I'm afraid I just cannot commit to doing that. You have the ability to say no. And do you know what? I was thinking about this in the context of Mary and Martha. I think that Mary received a blessing that Martha didn't because she had the ability to prioritise and see what was important and just said no. Said no. And it's so easy for other people to come and say, why won't you do that? Why won't you help me? Is Come on, Jesus, is she not in the wrong? And actually, what did Jesus say? She has chosen what's better. In essence, her saying no to doing that stuff was the right thing to do because it meant she received the blessing. You can say no. Ephesians 5.15 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of time. And I know that might be in a different context, but I think that is totally right. Make the best use of your time, because time is the one thing that all of us have got a limited amount of time. It's It's the one thing that we've got the limited amount of, all of us. So make sure you prioritize and make sure when you need to, you say, no, it's not wrong, it's boundaries are important. Jesus said no. It's not good to make unrealistic promises and expectations. So there's no point in saying, you know, I'll do that for you. But reality, four weeks later when you say, you know, I just haven't got around to it, I've been so busy. Just, just think about what you're committing to and say no if you can't do it. It's fine. Okay, number seven. I'm coming in for a landing. We'll just do these last ones very, very quickly. Last one is, or the next one should I say, rest. Rest. Next biblical tip on keeping your peace in the busyness of life is rest. It says this in Genesis 2, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And then Jesus comes to town, and Jesus says this in Mark 2, he says, Then he, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man made for the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus is saying, just like God is, Sabbath is for you. Rest is really really important. And in case you're wondering, God didn't need to rest. He wasn't tired. But what he's doing, he's setting a principle, actually, it's good to work, and it's good then to rest and enjoy the fruits of your labor. It's good to rest. There's an American businessman, Alan Cohen, and he said this, there is virtue in work, and there is virtue in rest. Use both, 
and overlook neither. I think there's some wisdom there. There's virtue in work and there's virtue in rest. Use both and overlook neither. Don't over, it's not that rest is for weak people. Rest is being obedient to what God has called us to do. And I find it so interesting that in the Old Testament, God puts such a serious emphasis on Sabbath. Actually, there are punishments for people that don't observe the Sabbath. It's almost as though our natural uh, inkling, our human nature wants us to just keep doing stuff and not allow ourselves to rest. God says, no, rest. Rest is good. Rest is important. It will do good for your soul. It will restore your peace. So let me ask you, do you get regular time to rest? Are you someone that just darts from one thing to the next without giving yourself time to actually recuperate and to rest? Give yourself time to rest. Give yourself a Sabbath. It's good. Okay, number eight. Number eight is keep healthy or look after yourself. Keep healthy. It says in the Bible about our bodies being like temples of the Holy Spirit. And do you know what? We, have, we, are, we are made up, we are emotional beings, we are spiritual beings, but we're also physical beings. And so often if we uh, think about church life and the diet and the teaching and everything else, we talk a lot about our spiritual lives. We talk a lot about our emotional lives, but reality, sometimes we can overlook our physical bodies. Actually looking after our physical selves is actually really important as well. So let's not just focus on the emotional and the spiritual. Actually, give yourself time to exercise. Get out, do some exercise. Eat healthily. All right, look after your body. It's important. And the last two, the, last, the second to last one is this. Have fun. Oh, do it. He says, dropping his bag. Have fun. Have fun. Do you know what life is to be enjoyed? Do you know that? Life is to be enjoyed. It's to be enjoyed. It doesn't, you don't have to just go about life thinking, man, I just can't wait for this to end just so we can have the enjoyment for eternity. That's not, actually, do you know what Jesus laughed? Do you know, God has such a sense of humor. You know, you spend enough time with God, you'll realize he is just, he is a joker. He has a great sense of humor. Proverbs 17 says this, a merry heart does good like medicine. And you know, for me, sometimes if you're not careful, you can gain yourself a reputation or you feel like, oh no, I can't laugh at that. Just let yourself have a good belly laugh now and again. You might end up with a six pack or something. Just get... Just allow yourself the time to just enjoy time, right? In fact, in Ecclesiastes, it says this, enjoy life with your wife. Give yourself time. There's so many responsibilities and pressures calling on our time. Enjoy time with your wife. Enjoy time with your family. All right, look beyond some of these difficulties. and Actually, just enjoy. Have some fun. Give yourself some downtime where you can enjoy life. Peace will be restored when you give yourself that downtime. And lastly, lastly, is keep a perspective on eternity. Keep an eternal perspective. Because you know what? There will be a day where many of these won't be relevant anymore. I won't have to study every day just to try and get a glimpse of what God is like, because I'll see him face to face. Actually, in the day, in, in the here and now, with this short time on earth, 
We've got to make sure we put it in perspective of God's plan for the whole of eternity. For the whole of eternity. We will experience the full, the peace of God in a way that shall never be experienced here in the here and now. And I know you've seen this kind of illustration before, but I'll just do it now very quickly. It's like all of eternity is like just this kind of rope. And all of eternity will go on and on and on. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more uh, limitations to what we can do. There'll be no more uh, limitations to how much of God we can see or experience. There'll be no more responsibilities where actually we get to work and we find, oh, crumbs, I just haven't done enough. All, right, all of these different pressures and things in our lives, sickness, if you've got cancer, all of these different illnesses that you've got, maybe you're kind of just bedridden and you can't move or you can't do anything. Do you know, there is going to be a day where this will be eternity for you. It says in the Bible and it says in Ephesians that blessing upon blessing is what lies in store for you. It just goes on and on and on and on. This is what eternity means for us if you're a Christian. If you're suffering... If you're finding difficulties, just know that for all eternity, God's best for you is that you'll have more and more and more and more. And life at the moment is like this. It's like this. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying it's not busy. I'm not saying it's not sometimes a struggle, but actually... If you want peace to be restored to your soul, the Bible says just keep an eye on all eternity. Because one day, one day these things, Paul did it so brilliantly a few weeks ago, one day these things aren't going to be an issue anymore. Actually for all eternity, every piece of peace that has been robbed from you by the enemy because of situations, because of sickness, For all eternity, it will be restored in full and some. Let me tell you. There'll be a day where none of these things will be taken over your mind and be issues in your life. You'll be able to actually one day be enjoying wonderful peace and salvation and all the glorious things that Christ has won for you. No more distractions, no more constraints, no more limitations. Just say, God, just enjoying him forever. So there's just ten very quick Top tips from the Bible on how to keep your peace in the busyness of life. Just have a look at some of those words. Truth. Do you pray? Are you reliant on the Spirit? Are you living connected with people around you? Are you able to prioritise your time? Are you even able to say no to things in order to give yourself that time? Are you allowing yourself to be able to rest? Are you looking after yourself? Are you actually enjoying life? And are you always having an eternal perspective to God in eternity and what he's won for you? I feel that if we can do some of these in our lives, it will do wonders for our peace. Whether, whether you're a mum, whether you're a dad, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're busy at work doing different things or whether you're at home, whatever situation, whatever season of life you find yourself. You know, you used to have two kids at home, now you've got six grandkids. Whatever season of life you're in, peace can be restored to you when we do some of these things. Why don't we just stand? I'm going to pray. And then we're going to finish the meeting. Lord, I want to thank you so much that peace is available. I want to thank you, Lord, that in the busyness of life, you can provide us with a peace which even defies logic. I want to thank you that 
beyond understanding. You know, people might question, how on earth can you have such peace in this situation with that sickness or with that job or with that money not coming in or that job becoming redundant? Lord, thank you that you can provide real, genuine hope and peace. And I want to thank you that when we look to all eternity, we can say there's going to be full eternity of joy and peace and all the blessings of Christ. And we say, hallelujah. But Lord, we say in the here and now, Lord, with all the pressures and the timescales and all the different things and the different hats that we've got to put on and do, I pray, would you give us wisdom? Lord, I pray that in this body of people here, in this, as us as a community, would you help us to love and support and encourage one another well? I do. Lord, I pray that where there are people that feel lonely, where there are people that feel isolated and desperate, I pray, would they be grafted into us as a community where we can love and honour and support them well? I do, Lord, just pray, particularly just because it's Mothering Sunday, mothers that feel tired and weary, that feel that they've kind of lost peace over these last months or years where they just feel it's not, life's not about them anymore, it's just about bringing up kids. I pray, would you restore joy and I, I pray, would you put fun in their life? Lord God, I pray for marriages. Lord, I pray that there will be fun and enjoyment in their marriage. Lord, I pray that you help us to work as teams and units together. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Do you want me to finish?